BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man. He's called Mal Evans. He's on roadie. And uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Sergeant Pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not, I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint, your carpet. Maybe they're animal smells. Maybe you're a smoker or someone else was. Just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever, ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one. Get two. Be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com. Promo code JESSE. We have Trump rally clips, we have some ACB hearing clips, and something I don't like. All that's coming up right now on I'm Right. We have to talk about something. You and I, it's time to talk about something. 
I, and this is going to sound like the cheesiest, hokiest thing you've ever heard in your life. And I realize you're going to hear me say this and you're going to think, well, Jesse's giving up his TV career and radio career and he's running for president. I promise you I am not, nor would I be able to do so. Mistakes have been made. However, I love the United States of America. I love it. I know. I don't wake up and think, having seen the other parts of the world, I know how blessed I am to be here, how blessed you are to be here. And th- uh, look, here, the best way I can describe it to you is this. This is a cup of water. On my life, it's water. It's not Friday, you animal. This is water. Do you know how far I had to walk to buy or to get this? 20 feet. And I have all the fresh drinking water I could ever have. People are going to die around the world because they can't find one of these today. If you're here, you're blessed. I know I'm blessed. I'm happy to be here. And because I'm happy to be here, I root for America. Always. Even, and that's not Democrat or Republican. I root for the United States of America. I want America to do good. I want America to look good. I want America to just charge along and lead the way and be awesome at all times. And again, I can do this across party lines. Even when Barack Obama was president, and let me clarify, I hate Barack Obama. I hated his America-hating style. I hated how he politicized everything, especially shootings, mass shootings. I thought it was really low class. I, I, I could not stand the guy. Foreign policy, obviously a disaster. Obama can't, right, can't stand. However, I was always rooting for him to do one thing good and tried to find when he did. And you remember when North Korea's Kim guy, Kim Jong-un, threatened him? He issued some threat, kind of like a death threat. I publicly went out and blasted him for that. Absolutely blasted him for that. Because, look, even though I hate him, Barack Obama's my president. You keep your Korean mouth shut when you're talking about my president. I root for America. That said, I understand the Senate hearing is just, it is what it is. ACB is about to be in the Supreme Court. Nothing can stop that now. Both sides seem to have accepted that. And now they're all just doing their, well, going through the motions things. And I'll throw you a couple more clips up of that today so you can see the, the latest updates on it. But they're all just going through the motions, right? This, this, uh, she's kind of too Catholic. That's the Democrats. Republicans are, can't you believe this lie-in? And they're doing their fundraising email pitches. Okay, fine. I've accepted it. You know I've accepted it. But I'm looking at one U.S. senator yesterday, Democrat. Maisie Hirono, senator from Hawaii. And I wasn't outraged. I don't get outraged really anymore. I've accepted that most of these people are scum. It's fine. That's life. Move on. But I'm see, this is going to sound really mean. And I'm genuinely not being mean here. You know when I'm being mean. I'm not being mean here. Every time I hear her talk, I get embarrassed for the world. I know the world watches when our U.S. senators talk. And I know they look at Maisie Hirono talk, and I know that it's a punchline for them. There's no way somebody that dumb can be a United States senator. It makes us all look really bad. I have a million Democrat senators I despise. I have a million Republican senators I despise. 
Let me, Amy Klobuchar. I can't stand Amy Klobuchar. Elizabeth Warren, total feminist nutball. Elizabeth Warren doesn't embarrass me as an American. I'm not embarrassed. Okay, she's a leftist insane person, got elected to the Senate. That's fine. She's there. Maisie Hirono has the IQ of a pet rock. And that lady is a United States senator. I saw this clip yesterday, and it wasn't even the accusations and what she was saying in it. You can see for yourself in a second. It's she's reading it and seems to be having a hard time even doing that. And it's just... This person should have real assistance in the real world. And instead, this person is a senator in the United States of America. And as an American, as somebody who loves this country, who roots for this country, every time I hear this woman talk, I am embarrassed. Listen to this person. Judge Barrett, Chief Justice John Roberts has recognized that, and I quote him, the judicial branch is not immune, end quote, from the widespread problem of sexual harassment and assault and has taken steps to address this issue within the judiciary. As part of my responsibility as a member of this committee and indeed all of the committees on which I sit, uh, to ensure the fitness of nominees for a lifetime appointment to the federal bench or to any of the other uh, positions uh, for any of the committees on which they appear, uh, I ask each nominee these two questions and I will ask them of you. Since you became a legal adult, have you ever made unwanted requests for sexual favors or committed any verbal or physical harassment or assault of a sexual nature? No, Senator Hirono. Have you ever faced discipline or entered into a settlement related to this kind of conduct? No, Senator. <sighs> Hawaii. Guys. What are we doing? I, I understand you're blue, very blue. I get it. I, I know you're going to send a commie nutball to D.C. Fine. What, what are we doing? We can't, we can't do better than that. Look, send Cory Booker. I mean, I'm going to show you Cory Booker here in a second. I understand Cory Booker's a big meathead. He's kind of a punchline. Nobody really takes him seriously. But I don't think about France looking at Cory Booker and going, <laughs> look at this. Is America kidding with this? That's what they're doing to us with Maisie Hirono. You realize that, right? Other civilized countries, Russia, Russia, our enemy, Russia, they look, probably not Putin himself, but he has people in his government that'll play him these clips. You know that's right, right? But, oh, Vladimir, you got to check this out. Look at, look at this senator from America. I, all my life, this is a senator, I swear. You can throw me to the gulag if I'm wrong. Here, check this out. It's embarrassing. I am genuinely embarrassed. Hawaii, come on. Here's Cory Booker. You've already spoken towards issues of racism and how you deplore it. But I, I want to just ask you very simply, and I, I imagine you'll give me a very short, resolute answer. Um, but you condemn white supremacy, correct? Yes. This is, this is just so, this whole thing is so pointless. Honestly, I understand they have to have a hearing. You have to have the appearance of propriety, but th th what is that? And again, let me clarify. Obviously, ACB answered the way she should answer. She's just trying to check all the boxes and get in, so don't ruffle any feathers now. However, if you are a Republican at any level, running for city council, state rep, governor, mayor, Congressman, Senator, President of the United States, or anything in between, and you are asked that question, it is your duty as a Republican not to answer that question to accuse whoever asks you of it of pedophilia. 
Is that ugly and unfair? You bet it is. So is accusing people of white supremacy without any grounds whatsoever. You ask me if I'm a white supremacist, I will ask you, why don't you denounce pedophilia? Are you a pedophile? Are you a supporter of pedophiles? How long have you been a pedophile? It is time to stop playing this game where you let them define you over and over and over again. Denounce it. Denounce it. Why won't you denounce it? Are you a Nazi? I've heard you're a white supremacist. I know you denounced it yesterday, but you won't denounce it today. Must be a white supremacist. That's because they know they have Republicans on their heels with that. Get off your heels and start giving it back to them. Now, Senator Corrin from Texas I know he's in my state. He still sucks. But he had this moment yesterday, and ACB killed it. You know, most of us have multiple notebooks and notes and books and things like that in front of us. Can you hold up what you've been referring to and answering our questions? Is there anything on it? Uh, that letterhead that says United States Senate. That's, imp- that's impressive. It is kind of impressive. When you sit there for hours on end with all these senators, and the senators, what happens is, let me give you a little feedback, a little tidbit on how it actually works. You go back to Washington, D.C. I ran for Congress twice and lost twice, not to brag or anything, but you go back to D.C. and you meet with people in the House of Representatives. And for the most part, somebody in the House of Representatives will have a little one, two, or three-room office of some kind. It's standard office, nothing that fancy, nothing that bad. You get up to leadership like Nancy Pelosi, they're in a totally different ballgame. They have, I mean, floors. That's a different ballgame. But a standard congressman has, you know, two or three rooms. The standard senator has half a floor. They have endless staffers. A United States senator has staffers upon staffers upon staffers. And that's why they go into these committee meetings with these gigantic binders full of things. Don't think for one second any one of those people outside of maybe Ted Cruz prepared his own binder. They have staffers prepare for them all this research and questions. And they're asking, oh, what about this case of 1972? And so they have all this equipment in front of them. She's just off the top of her head rolling it out. I don't know anybody who can do that kind of work off the top of their head, except for maybe me. All right. Senator Harris, you knew she had to try to have a campaign moment. Here's Kamala. Judge Barrett, several times today, you have quoted Justice Ginsburg's testimony about not making predictions in future cases. However, she was far more forthcoming at her confirmation hearing about the essential rights of women. My favorite part of that was Kamala doing this. However, she was far more forthcoming at her... (laughs) Gosh, you can't come up with your own questions. You can't come up with your own questions off the top of your head. That's so embarrassing, these people. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Now... If I seem a little pepped up today, oh, I see why. It's because I slept another eight hours last night. Are you sleeping eight hours every night? I am. Every single night. I don't take sleeping pills. I don't have a new pillow. I have an ebb sleep. It's not pills. I don't put anything in my body. It's a wearable device. It calms down the racing thoughts that go through your head, putting you asleep like that and keeping you asleep. Go get one. Go to tryeb.com slash jesse. That's tryebb.com slash jesse. Use the promo code jesse. Get 25 bucks off.
We'll be back. Trump is back in rally mode, and this is good for you if you're voting for Donald Trump. I've explained this before. It's important you remember. We all have certain things we're good at, certain things we're bad at. I, I'm a specialist at ordering food. If we sit down in a restaurant, if you and I ever, if you're ever lucky enough to dine with me, <laughs> and we sit down at a restaurant, and I order something, you don't ha just swallow your pride and order whatever I order. I am one of the top three or four food orders in the world. That's what I'm good at. But you want me to go to a party on Friday or Saturday night? Eh, I'll be home if you need me, watching some history documentary or something. We all have things we're good at. Donald Trump, not so good at hunkering down in the White House. You saw during the coronavirus lockdown stuff, he really sucks at it. He comes undone. He's not doing something he's comfortable with. Donald Trump on the campaign trail, much, much, much better. And he's back out there. But think of it, you know, you talk about politicians, no fracking for a year and a half, right? And then he goes to Pennsylvania and says, no, no, there'll be fracking. Like nothing happened. Can you imagine if I did that? No fracking, no fracking, no fracking. I'm the opposite, by the way. No fracking, no fracking. Then you win and you go, you know, got to go a little to the other direction, a little bit to the right, although he actually went further left, which is sort of an amazing thing. But all of a sudden, he comes out in favor of fracking. And let me tell you, it's always the first thing that turns out to be true, okay? They will lose, you will lose in Pennsylvania a million jobs. There will be no petroleum products. There will be no fracking whatsoever. And did you see his party now is really angry at him because he's saying maybe they'll be fracking. It's a very conditional, you know, it's a very weak. But with me, you're going to frack. Donald Trump, very, very smart to highlight this. Because we like to think we decide the election, don't we? You do, I do. I'm up here. I'm, I'm fighting for liberty. We're not. You probably don't decide the election. I don't decide the election. Voters in Pennsylvania, Ohio, Florida, North Carolina, Wisconsin, Michigan. I actually missed my finger on that one. I don't know if you saw that. They decide the election. Voters who voted for Barack Obama twice and then turn around and voted for Donald Trump, they decide the election. It's only down to a few states. Gotta have Pennsylvania. And it is beyond belief to me. It's one of the reasons I think Trump's going to win. It's beyond belief to me Pennsylvanians would vote for a guy who has said on camera repeatedly that he's going to ban fracking. Granted, he's a Democrat, so he can switch directions now and never get called out on it, but yeah. And plus, we have those suburban moms. Trump has resorted to begging. So can I ask you to do me a favor? Suburban women, will you please like me? Remember? Please. Please. I saved your damn neighborhood, okay? The other thing, I don't have that much time to be that nice. You know, I can do it, but I got to go quickly. We don't have time. They want me to be politically correct. Oh, yes, let's discuss it. Let's talk about it over the next 10 years. No, no, no. Now, we saved your, you, we saved suburbia in the U.S. True. You like that safe neighborhood you're in? You want it to stay that way? All right. Now, speaking of safe, your money. You work hard for your money. I know you do. And if you're one of these people who sets money aside, 
because you're hoping to retire one day or maybe just for a rainy day. That's awesome. Keep doing that. However, don't have all your money in stocks and bonds. That's insane, especially the way they're spending money now and printing money. And we are just, look, we are one big unpredictable event away from a real, real problem. Make sure you have a gold IRA. Not, not only gold IRAs. You've never heard me say that. You need a gold IRA from Gold Alliance. You need to have it as part of your portfolio. And Gold Alliance has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. They make it completely easy. We're talking no tax penalties here. Just, just get a hold of them. GoldAlliance.com slash Jesse. That's GoldAlliance.com slash Jesse. We'll be back. Joining me now, host of This Is My Show with Drew Berkwist. Drew, um, I said at the beginning, and I really mean this, I'm not actually trying to be mean for the first time ever. I'm genuinely not. Maisie Hirono should not be a United States senator. It's embarrassing to me as an American who loves my country that that person is a United States senator. Even senators I hate, like Warren and Booker and so, so many Republicans, I'm not embarrassed on the world stage by them. They're just clowns. That Maisie Hirono is a senator makes our entire country look bad. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I absolutely couldn't agree more. She's a disgrace to the U.S. Senate. She's a disgrace to herself, to our country. Um, she's a disaster. I mean, the questions and the tone in which she's asked the questions, everything about it, it's like, can someone, like, you'd think even Democrats would be like, you need to probably shut your mouth. Like, it's best if you just, someone give her a coloring book, you know, some sliced apples <laughs> and like a cup of juice and just go go do whatever you do over there. But she's awful. You're, you're spot on. How does that happen? I, I, I want you to break this down for me. Break it down for the viewers on a state level, I understand Hawaii is going to be rapidly blue. I don't accept them to appoint the next Ron or elect the next Ronald Reagan to the Senate out of there. But how does somebody like that emerge as a United States senator? A United States senator is a big, big deal. There's only 100 of them. How does that happen? Yeah, I don't know either because you, you kind of get it with some of these longstanding officials and, and you know, the, with the Pelosi's of the world is obviously not in the Senate, but... The Schumers, the people who have been around Feinstein, I mean, Feinstein's like 400 years old. Like, these people understand the game. They understand how to play it. They've got big money behind it. They've got, they've got the system more or less rigged, and they come from states that are blue. So it's all set up in their favor. But they also have some, you know, they had to start somewhere, but they have some experience and they have something to bring to their party. I don't know what, but they, but they do. The party seems to like them. They keep coming back. But then there's some of these outliers like Hirono, who, to your point, somehow, when there's only two of these seats per for, per state, they, they they come and win it, and they literally have zero to offer. I mean, there's so many. I have, I have, I have four children. All of them could do a better job, and they're all under 10. But but it's, it's remarkable. But I don't have a good answer for you because I don't know. Drew, full disclosure, I have moments. Like when I, whenever I hear Maisie Hirono talk, and I, look, I can admit this. I love America. I love our American system here. I do have my moments where I genuinely wonder if a monarchy isn't just a better system of government. And I'm, I'm not actually being glib. I'm not, I'm not being sarcastic. When I look yeah. at, the pe at the people that the voters choose, I like having the freedom of choice. I do. But I, I, I genuinely think, you know what? We can't do this. We can't do this. We're better off just passing it down from father to son. 
Yeah, no, yeah. Well, when you see what's happening in 2020, you see people like her. You see, you see just all of of what's you know on display before us. I think you're right to have those questions. It's like we can't be trusted as an American people anymore to vote and to make good decisions. We just can't. Like we're we're not we're not on that level anymore. It's time to change the system. I don't know what the answer. Maybe it is monarchy. I don't know what the answer is, but it's certainly not what we're doing. Drew, Trump and Biden. Give me a state of the race. I'll, I'll tell you, full I, I told this yesterday. I said this yesterday on the show. I know there are things stacked up against Trump. I see the poll numbers. I see all this. But I can't foresee Joe Biden, as bad as he is, being the one to unseat him. It just doesn't. I mean, on a macro level, it doesn't make sense to me. Can you? Is it? Can you see it? No, I don't. I, I don't see it. I think the polls are used to demoralize and kind of control the national narrative which we saw in 2016, we've seen time and time again with lots of different polls. I think the, the outlier kind of fringe polls speak a lot more clearly about what's going on. I think that there is a is a pretty big gap between the two. But, but look, Biden's not a good candidate. The Democrats know that. Biden knows that uh, the days that he knows who he is. But they, they understand this is not the winning strategy. <clears throat> they understand they're not actually up in the real polls. I think, you know, even though it's not scientific or official. The Telemundo poll is really telling and positive for Trump. The polls talking about how people are scared to death to share their political beliefs and, and, and values. Those are all Trump support. They're not, those are not people who are scared to say they support Biden. You know, that's so I think that those types of things, you know, the, the poll, the 56% think that people are better off under Trump's first term than Obama and Biden's first term. Those are the kind of polls that I think that we need to pay attention to. And and these other ones don't really matter. So I, I think that Trump is actually doing really well. There are areas of concern, and the biggest of which is is how the Democrats are going to try and figure out how to come up with the votes that they're behind on, because I do think that there's going to be lots of stuff that happens. This is going to be an area where it's not just going to be a clear-cut decision that night because they're not going to let it. Like, they've got their victory speech planned. They do not plan to concede, and I don't know where that leaves us, but I do think Trump, in terms of just looking at the Electoral College, looking at how this will break down is in good shape. It's just how, how, much, how you stop the shenanigans. How much voter fraud is real? Because, look, you and I have made a thousand jokes about this, and other people do, too, about their dead grandmas voting Democrat and things. I, look, I understand that. But we are getting article after article now of they're discovering ballots here, torn up Trump ballots there, new Democrat ballots found here, new this, new that. And, and I'll tell you, man, I'm nervous. These do not seem like the type of people who are going to back off of something like that. Should we be worried? I think we totally should be. I, I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. As it's gotten closer, I've felt better and better about kind of like I was just saying how Trump is performing in terms of the head-to-head -head comparison. It's, it, there is no comparison. But they are, they are so emboldened, and they, things keep blowing up in their face, but Democrats have gotten so dumb, and they're so persistent, which I'll give them credit for that, that they keep pushing ahead with all these plans, and they, they, are, they, they don't plan on conceding. They plan on coming up with a way to ensure they win this election, and I think that we're going to see that unfold right before us, because to your point, we see time and time again all these different stories that are happening that are not conspiracy theory they are they are literally happening there are news reports they ha they have already occurred and there's more that we don't even know about happening so i think they are desperate desperate people do stupid things and i think we're going to see some really stupid things in a couple weeks here that's going to create a ripple effect of, of loads of other problems that i don't know that we're all ready to to handle and discuss because i think it could get pretty could get pretty bad
Drew, I don't, I don't, I certainly don't want to get the cart before the horse here, but you can easily foresee a scenario where Joe Biden loses. Okay, you're the Democrats now. Let's say we keep the keep the Senate. Maybe they keep the House. We'll give them the House. Now we have Donald Trump as a second term. We have the Senate and a six-three majority on the Supreme Court. That for any party, if any party was on the other side of that you'd be looking around and saying, man, we are wiped out. That would be a complete wipeout for them. Do you think there's a chance they self-assess? And I know everybody likes to say, no, these people can never do that. They're insane. And I would agree they're insane. But after enough pain, doesn't everybody self-assess at some point? I mean, you, you would think so. I, I would hope so. I, you know, I always hope for the best in people. Like, it's, it's getting harder and harder as <laughs> as i get older as the the years get crazier like the stuff we're seeing now it's like all right i don't i really don't know if i have any hope left but but i want to i want the i want the best for this country i want the best for 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 both sides because it'd be a lot nicer if we didn't have to worry about like what's this look like are we going to have a a mass con you know unrest and, and all sorts of stuff that that happens after the election no one really wants that even the people who are talking tough on twitter and such like you don't really want that if you've seen that stuff firsthand in real life you should know you don't want that for our country. But but I don't know that they're capable of it. Like you would think, you would think they would have done that after 2016. You would think that, you know, they would have learned over the different smear campaigns and tactics that they've used up until this date, you know, after Trump was inaugurated. But they keep coming back to the to the hoop with the same plan. Um so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, at a certain point, the only here, here's the, the the good news and the bad news. The good news is a lot of these people who endorse and promote these plans, the Pelosi, Schumer's, Maxine Waters, Feinstein. Feinstein might actually be dead. She, might, I think, this is like a weekend of Bernie's thing <laughs> happening too. Like they're they're on their way out. The the bad news to that scenario is the people who are coming up. You know, I, you asked about Hirono earlier in in the House. How how you get these squad members elected? is is ridiculous and they are loud and they are there they make an impact in that party so i i don't think there's self-assessment i think they're just going to keep trying harder and trying more different things until they they get their end game and we've just got to push harder and harder back against it the, the good news with all of that too is i think it is waking up a lot of americans who before like i'm just going to sit back and see what happens now they see that the stakes are high and people are like oh no no no, no. this is not happening not in my america uh and hopefully we can save this off a little bit longer how unified is the GOP? I, I know when you get on social media, you feel like there's this huge GOP divide because half the GOP pundit, pundits are just, you know, crazy never Trump types. But then we saw last election, they all came home, virtually everybody, that, that whole anti-Trump GOP section is so minuscule, it doesn't matter at all. How unified is the GOP? I think we're pretty darn unified. I don't think we're anywhere near as, as fractured as the Democrat. But I think the Democrat Party, and it's not just because I don't like them, I think they truly are a mess between, you know, the far, far left radical, the a little bit more progressive, and then and then the few establishment people that are left. I think they are in tatters. They're they're in a rough spot. You know, you look at the poll, I think it was ninety-four percent in the primary, right, for Trump. You know, since since eighty-eight that has been a huge indicator for incumbents of, of, of positive results in the election. 94% is a high number. That's a huge number. I think, you know, the, the Mitt Romneys of the world, people like that are are outliers. They're not the, the voice of the party. You know, John Kasich and them, whatever. Like, John Kasich doesn't even like John Kasich. So, like, you, you look at this small number of people, and it's just, 
it's not representative of who the GOP is. I think that they've really gotten behind Trump. And I think also, too, this election, because it's been it's become so much pro-America, law and order, traditional values, you know, whether it's you know spiritual values, Second Amendment, what have you. It's really that versus this progressive radical. Who knows exactly how far it'll go, but it's crazy and scary no matter what. So, you know, that that's any conservative who is on the fence about whether they like Trump or not, that's going to bring them right back to him because it comes down to, again, you're not voting for Trump, you're voting for America. Drew Berkowitz, thank you, my friend. Thanks for having me. Your home title is not a piece of paper. I need to clarify that for you. Your home title is digital. It exists online. It's in the cloud. Do you know how easy it is for these cyber thieves to hack into clouds? It's all they do. It's their occupation. That job you go to for eight hours a day, while you're doing that, they're doing cyber theft. It's cake for them. They did it to me. It took them less than 10 minutes to hack into my home title, forge my signature and my wife's signature on it. And then all they have to do is go down to a lender and take out a loan against it, and I'm on the hook for that money. And the only way you can stop them is home title lock. Home title lock will stop that tampering immediately. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. Use the code RADIO. That actually gets you 30 days of free protection. We'll be back. Joining me now, friend of mine, Chuck DeVore. He's a former national Republican, not national, Republican assemblyman. What do you California people call yourself when you sit in the House of Representatives up there? I can't take care of it. Anyway, he's now in Texas by the grace of God, and he works for the Texas Public Policy Foundation, which by the grace of God, we have them. Chuck, what do you, what do you people call yourselves in California again? Well, usually ignored is uh, what we call ourselves. <laughs> Uh, you know, you know what? Let's let's start there. I think a lot of people, especially in Texas, I'm sure you've experienced this. They hear the words California or Californian, and they automatically roll their eyes and assume that most of the state is just deep blue and it's just sea of communism out there. I think people right. do not understand how many Republicans and how many blood red parts of the country are in California. Well, that's true. And uh, first of all, of course, it's the most populous state. And secondly, if you look at the popular vote, which is not, of course, how you win the presidency, as we know, right? It's not how many yards you uh, gain in a football game. It's the score. Uh, but California actually had the third highest number of votes for President Donald Trump in 2016. After Texas, number one, Florida, number two, and California, number three. As I recall, there was like four million Californians that voted for Trump. So a lot of those 4 million people are sick and tired of living in California, even though the weather's nice in most of the state, and they're looking to move. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Chuck, because what do you think about that? You're somebody who's done it. Look, I'm not a native Texan. I came here on purpose. I came here without a job just so I could be in Texas. Tell me, what are we supposed to think, not just people in Texas, because this is happening all over the country. As people flee California, they're going other places. Right. I remember I grew up in Montana, and it was a common bumper sticker to see, keep Montana beautiful, put a Californian on the bus. I'm not making that up. Other states are nervous about an influx of Californians. Right. Right. Should they be? 
Well, I, I think uh, Texas certainly has a tradition since Davy Crockett uh, went to uh, Texas from Tennessee to defend uh, the Alamo and gave his life for Texas. Uh, we've done a few, um, uh, we've done some polling. Uh, the foundation has. Uh, last year, we polled 800 likely voters in Texas, and we asked the question, who'd you vote for in 2016? And uh, were you born in Texas or did you move here? And what we found was that Native Texans uh, did, in fact, vote for Donald Trump for, tex uh, for president. But people who moved to Texas were actually more likely to vote for Donald Trump uh, over Hillary Clinton by, as I recall, by a five-point margin more. Now, this uh, went along with a CNN exit poll in the 2018 race between Robert Francis O'Rourke and Ted Cruz, uh, which showed that native Texans favored O'Rourke by plus three, and uh, people who moved to Texas uh, favored uh, Cruz, who, by the way, moved to Texas, by plus 15. So you had an 18-point spread between people who uh, are Texans by choice versus t people who are Texans by birth. Now, there's one more poll. It goes way back to 2017, so maybe the data's old. Uh, but it was specifically of California expats. Every year, more people move to Texas from California uh, as a net, right, the, the net number of people moving in versus moving out, more people move to Texas from California than any other state. It's usually about 60 to 100,000 people um, uh, or so. And what you see... Hold on, hold on. It, 60 to 100,000 a year? Uh, yeah, although what you what you generally see is there's quite a few Texans, of course, moving out too, right? So that's the gross number. Uh, and, and, and in the meanwhile, there's a lot of Texans moving out. But if you look at the net increase, uh, as I recall, in a typical year, Texas increases on net by about 100,000 people a year in an average year. And the biggest share of that is Californians, probably 15 to 20,000 of that increase. So... Um, this survey was of Californians only, and they found that by 57% to 27%, they were conservative versus liberal. So we have three surveys. Not one survey I've ever seen shows anything different, so three that I know of, that would indicate that Texas is benefiting from a, generally speaking, conservative migration to Texas. Now, I think this makes sense in a lot of things. I mean, moving is costly, Moving's a bit scary. Uh, Texas is known as both a southern state. It's known as part of the Bible Belt. Uh, things are very different here. Things are more uh, like Bakersfield in California in most of Texas than they are like most of the rest of California. And so if you're a Californian and if you're a liberal, uh, outside of Austin maybe, because Austin is a bit like the Bay Area, outside of Austin, there's really no other place in Texas that you'd want to move to if you were a liberal. And so I think that's Does what's going on is people just decide where to move based on where they think they'll be comfortable. Does the Beto O'Rourke Ted Cruz race mean bad things for Texas? I get this question all the time. You're actually the perfect person to ask this question to because I've had so many of my friends in this state right. genuinely nervous. For those who don't remember, that loser O'Rourke runs against Ted Cruz and almost beats him. And Cruz only right. beats him by a couple points. And people were stunned because they like to think right. of Texas as this Republican bastion. What happened there? 
Well, there's a couple of things that happened. First of all, it was the most expensive U.S. Senate race in, in history up to that point. Uh, secondly, O'Rourke raised more than half of his money through Act Blue in small contributions from all over the country and, frankly, from foreign uh, sources as well. As we've learned in this election cycle, uh, Act Blue has no ability nor inclination to sort out the illegal contributions from overseas. So, for example, uh, they could be benefiting from thousands of gift card donations from the People's Republic of China, as an example, and that money is going to find its way into American politics. So more than half of the 80-plus million dollars that uh, flowed through O'Rourke's coffers came from ActBlue. Uh, and why did that happen? Well, it happened because aside from President Donald Trump, the second most hated Republican in the entire country was Senator Ted Cruz. Uh, and that's because he was the face of the fight against Obamacare. He was uh, largely the face of Republican opposition to Obama in the latter few years of his term. And of course, he ran for president uh, and was the last man standing before, uh, I mean, really, I mean, we, we, we need to, you know, put Kucinich aside, uh, but in in fact, Cruz was the last viable campaign against uh, against uh, Trump in 2016, and so he had a huge target on his back. Uh, liberals from all over the country wanted to knock this guy off, and they poured resources into the race, and so so it was close. But what's interesting is look at the margin with which Governor Greg Abbott got reelected. Right, it was. Uh, as I recall, more than 10 points uh, greater of a margin uh, than was uh, Senator Cruz's victory. So I tend to see this as kind of a one-off deal. This, this is one of those things that happens where uh, you have, have an off-year election where the party in the White House generally does poorly from a historical standpoint. You have a nationally known senator. Most state, most senators are not known throughout the country. Uh, certainly the left knew who Senator Cruz was. And they poured money in to try to get him out of office. Didn't work, though. He's still there. And seems to me I saw him asking some good questions of uh, Judge Amy Coney Barrett. Yes, he is. He's one of about two or three actual good senators. So I hope he keeps doing that. Now, Chuck, finally, you brought up polling a lot. They're, every single time you bring up the polls now, because everybody's looking at the polls, we're all, we're all dying for, for the election day to come so we can know. Everyone just wants to know. So they study polls every day. And of course, Biden's up in all of them, every single poll. And then you'll get people on the right say, well, you can't trust the polls. They were all wrong last time. Can you trust the polls? Can you trust them all? Can you trust some? Right. If you can't trust them, why can't you trust them? Are the pollsters biased? Or can people not be polled accurately? What's happening? Well, I think you have a combination of a lot of things. Uh, in point of fact, you, you do have to look at who's behind the poll. What is their uh, unspoken objective? Uh, are they trying to demoralize a certain segment of the population and, and maybe trying to get them not to vote? Uh, you have to look at their methodology. Uh, how did they select who they polled? Uh, if they simply called all adults, did they just ask, are you a registered voter? How likely are you to vote? Well, that's relatively inexpensive to do versus calling off of a validated list of people who are registered voters and already having the information ahead of time where you know, okay, this voter voted in four of the last four elections. So if they tell us that they're likely to vote, we should believe them because they have a track record. That's very different than asking someone who simply says, yeah, I'm registered. Oh, yeah, I really want to vote. You, you have no 
you have no evidence to suggest that that person's actually going to vote. Now, the cost to do polling where you you look into the data and you you find out ahead of time uh, how frequently they voted, that's a much more expensive poll to do than just asking people. Uh, the other thing, of course, is what's your turnout model? Uh, you have to make some assumptions about uh, what the percentage of people who are liberal-leaning versus conservative-leaning versus in the middle. You have to make assumptions about how enthusiastic they are and how they're going to turn out. Are they going to vote early? Are they going to vote by mail? Are they going to vote on Election Day? These are all things that if you don't do it right, your poll is going to be off. And lastly, there's something that has been known in polling science. It goes back to the Margaret Thatcher days. It's called the shy Tory uh, uh, voter. Uh, and it refers to the Tory party in England and, and how Margaret Thatcher won as prime minister and everyone was shocked. And it, it went back even that far into the late 70s because people who were conservative were more reluctant to admit that they were going to vote for someone who had been attacked as deplorable or unacceptable by the elites and by the major media. Well, now you have that times 10 because back then, not a lot of people probably lost their jobs for admitting that they were gonna vote for the Tories in England in the late 70s. But now we see evidence all over the country of people losing their livelihoods, of people being uh, you know, attacked or insulted or threatened if they admit that, that, that they are not going along with the left-wing ideology. And so I think a lot of people who are potential Trump voters don't even want to talk to pollsters. Or if they do, they're, they're going to say, well, I'm undecided. Uh, because they don't want to get fired. They don't want their, their house to get attacked or, uh, you know, to be, uh, you know, jumped in the parking lot or something. And so I think that the polls are systematically understating the support for the average Trump voter. And I do think that it takes an extra effort to try to pull those people out and to, to try to find out what they think. Chuck DeVore, people, Texas Public Policy. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you. Thank you. Man, that guy's good every time. All right. We're not done. Hang on. I don't have any kind of a setup for this video. I saw it, and I'll be honest, when I first saw it, about the first five seconds, I thought, this is lame. And then when they, once it gets going, I thought to myself, how much time did it take to put this together? Nevertheless, it's kind of cool. in my head now it's stuck in your head that's what you get for watching this show i'll see you tomorrow newton group transfer
They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. These stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right, it's unjust, and Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE or go to timesharejesse.com. Newton Group Transfer, they will help you out. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man who's called Mal Evans, who's our roadie. And uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Salt and pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.